As we head into what is, for many schools, the final week of spring practice, one of the major stories to follow through this weekend's batch of spring games is the quarterback battle at Ohio State, where Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow have been fighting it out for the role of QB1 this March and April. But on Wednesday, Urban Meyer added a minor twist to that tale. It's April 12th. I'm Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. For the first time since Urban Meyer arrived in Columbus, neither Braxton Miller nor JT Barrett will be an option at quarterback for the Buckeyes. If you watched Ohio State's win over Michigan last November, you might have assumed that Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback who led the Buckeyes to a come-from-behind victory over the Wolverines after Barrett exited the game, would take over as the clear starter. But Joe Burrow has pushed Haskins for the starting job, and Meyer said on Wednesday that it's even now a three-man race, with Tate Martell moving into the picture. Joining us now to tell us more about the situation is Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts.com. Patrick, how genuinely wide open do you think this competition is, or is any of this that we're hearing from Meyer a degree of coach speak? I do think it's wide open. Um, I think that they've been pretty clear that they want to see these guys battle it out this spring and, and they'll kind of make a decision from there from the get go. Now, here we are a few days before the spring game. And the, the all, what they've seen is that they've got three good options on their hand. Um, and that's kind of what Coach Meyer reiterated today, um, saying that those three have not separated themselves, but that they haven't been playing poor either. Um, he even said that today was probably collectively their best day as a group. I think what we've, when we've seen a little bit of them and from talking to the coaches and, and some of the players, it's, you know, one guy will have a good day and the next day, I'll ha- next day it'll be another guy who kind of steps up. And, and so it's just been a bit of a back and forth. Um, the big question here, and, and that's kind of what you asked is, you know, does anyone have an edge? Can it really be 50, 50, 50 across the board or however you want to break that down? Um, and, and I assume that somebody does in the coaches' minds, but I'm not sure that that, you know, talking about that publicly or maybe even talking about it privately, um, with them right now makes much sense. Um, another angle to this whole thing is that Joe Burrow, uh, is graduating after the spring and can transfer and play next year. So, um, if he isn't named a starter after the spring, he's got a decision to make, but, uh, they said at the beginning of the year that they're going to sit down and talk with him and his family after uh, all the spring practices are concluded and, you know, try and do right by him and and give him kind of where he stands. So um, I think Saturday will be an interesting, um, you know, kind of judgment for us just because we haven't seen a ton of the quarterbacks and, uh, you know, it'll give us kind of some insight, but it's only one game. I saw where Meyer said recently that at the end of spring practice, what he'll do, uh, him and the coaching staff, is they'll make a list of the 20 best players on either side of the ball and then kind of construct those units around those players. Um, And that got me wondering, you know, do you have any sense of how different the offense might look if Dwayne Haskins ends up higher on that list of 20 players than Joe Burrow or vice versa? It'll definitely look different than it has with with. Braxton Miller or, or JT Barrett. And it's not because Dwayne Haskins isn't a mobile guy. He can definitely run. You mentioned the Michigan game earlier. He had a, you know, 20 something yard run in that game, but it's not his first instinct. He's not a, a run first guy. Um, he's much more of a pocket passer that has some athleticism. So I do believe, I believe, you know, unless it's Tate Martell that wins the job 
And I think, you know, if we're being fair, I think he's probably the, has the longest odds of the three. Um, but whether it's Showborough or Dwayne Haskins, I think that you will see a more traditional spread offense with the quarterback. You know, there'll still be some run game stuff implemented, but for the quarterback, but I think you'll see more of the running backs, more kind of distributing the ball um, and letting the receivers and, and kind of the other playmakers move the ball down the field. Speaking of Tate Martell, he had one of the more notorious recruitments in recent memory. It seems from the outside that he's been keeping a little bit more of a low profile so far in Columbus. As Patrick, as someone plugged into the day-to-day there in Columbus, is that, in fact, been the case? Yeah, definitely. When he got here, and he's admitted this, you know, it was a bit of an adjustment for him. He went from being the starter for three years on a three-time national championship winning high school team to being you know the fourth man on the totem pole behind Barrett Haskins and Burrow um and I think that was a bit of a shock for him I think also just you know being so far from home and and maybe being out of the spotlight was a bit of a shock and he had to adjust and uh there's actually a video that Ohio State put out last spring um when he you know kind of thanks his teammates for helping him through the first handful of weeks and and you know that he's had to change who he was and he talked about after the bowl game again last year that you know he's he's not the same guy that walked through the door um you know when he first got here he said he's he didn't come here to sit down now he knows that you know he has to earn a spot um and he's willing to help the team he's even mentioned and and coach meyer mentioned it a couple times that they could you know put together some kind of package for him if he's not the starter and maybe not even necessarily at quarterback kind of use his athleticism in some other ways I don't know if they'll actually do that. They may put in some kind of running package for him if uh, if they feel that's necessary. But you know, I, I do think they want to make sure he's kind of included and uh, you know knows that he's a part of this offense because I think they definitely think he's a future quarterback here, whether it's this year or in a couple years. Patrick, you reported today that Ohio State's spring game has sold out with 79,000 fans expected to attend. Uh, other places across the country, it feels as though the spring game bubble has kind of burst a little bit, but there are obviously still pockets where there are the spring games are nearly as well attended as the real games themselves, with Ohio State obviously being one of them. Has the spring game always been such a big deal in Columbus, and do you have any insight into how they're able to keep the enthusiasm for it going it it has been at least the last few years um they've led the country in attendance since 2015 including in 2016 getting over 100,000 fans which i believe is still a spring game record nationally i'd have to fact check that but uh yeah i think you know people here are crazy about ohio state football i mean to put it almost lightly um the chance to go to ohio stadium for i think the tickets were you know five bucks for um, you know, non-students and then students get in free and, uh, children under six. So you can bring your kids out. It's relatively affordable. Um, you know, if I remember back before, I think that, you know, the food prices are down a little bit. So it's a nice, you know, thing in the spring to do, go out and see the team. Um, and then there's obviously the diehards that, you know, want to come in and see, the backups play and, and, you know, what maybe the future has in store. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big deal here, um, in Columbus and, you know, people get excited about it. 
you mentioned 79,000. That's down quite a bit from, from the past few years, just because there's been construction on Ohio stadium. They're down about 18,000 seats, uh, for, for this spring. So, you know, I don't know if they'll set the attendance or, uh, lead the nation in attendance again this year. I think Nebraska has, uh, sold out their stadium. And I think that holds upwards of 90,000. So may not set any records this year, but you know, still, uh, still another sellout. And, you know, I just Buckeye nation showing off a little bit, I guess. Patrick Murphy is a writer for bucknuts.com. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Pat underscore Murphy. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. There's a new episode of the morning blitz every weekday. So we'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow morning, talking to the reporters covering the biggest college football stories of the day in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. If you enjoy what we're doing here at The Morning Blitz, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and tell a friend to check us out.